Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. So um, again, my name is Tamir Mustafa. As Alex mentioned, you know, I've been at Salesforce for almost five years now, going through the ranks of SDR, BDR, and now a few years in AE. Um, and what I'm going to talk to you about today is really the exact principles, frameworks, and mindset that I've used to close over $3.6 million at Salesforce, go to President's Club, and launch a top 10 podcast at Salesforce. Does everyone want to hear that? Is that something that you'd be excited to hear about? Yeah. Great. Okay. Awesome. So the agenda is going to be just like a quick overview of my career at Salesforce. Then I'm going to talk about sort of playing the game, right? Uh, ultimately, how I look at sales is that how I look at life is this is a game. I love playing games. I love those challenges. And I'm going to talk to you about how to raise your game, how to play the game, and then how to sustain your game. And then finally, we'll have you know some room for Q&A at the end. Does that sound good? Yeah. yeah. Good. yeah. Thank you. All right. So this is how I started my career at Salesforce. Um, I'm not sure if you can see that on the left there, but on that desk, you will find pre-workout. You'll find a cup of coffee. You'll find uh, a can of Coke Zero and a bunch of other snacks that I probably shouldn't have been eating. So, you know, when I got into Salesforce, my attitude was like, all right, I got to muscle myself through this role. At the time, that was an SDR. So I got to like just repetitions, do whatever I can to succeed. Like I said, you know, drinking coffee, pre-workout, Coke Zero, just to get me through the day so I could, you know, quote unquote, smash the phones, right? Um, and I remember there were days, and tell me if you guys, this resonates with some of you guys, but there were days where I would get to the end of the day, I'd close my laptop, and I just, you'd almost feel like I just ran a marathon. And I was so tasked, and I didn't want to do anything else for the rest of the day. Like, am I the only one, or has it, does anyone ever else, like, get that feeling? When they yes. end their workday. Yeah. 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 You have some former SDRs in this room and uh very relevant <laughs> to this. Okay, perfect. So that was me for a long time. And within six months of that, I did become the number one performing rep on the team, as uh, you know, SDR MVP. But incidentally, around that time, I also achieved peak burnout. I mean, I literally mean crashing and burning on the spot. So I still remember it like it was yesterday. I was on the phone, I was approaching uh 200 calls that day. And then all of a sudden a client picks up and I couldn't get the words out of my mouth. I couldn't speak. Um, I got chills throughout my body. I started breaking out and I like sort of it was three, three o'clock at the time I, I rolled over to my manager in my chair. I couldn't even get up to walk. And I said like, I need out like right now. So I did. And I was rushed to the hospital, uh, rushed to the ER. I had a very high fever and I had to quarantine for two weeks after that. So um, it was a really eye-opening moment for me. It was complete. It was a really, um, humbling moment for me because I realized that my way was not going to work anymore. Sure. Like, yeah, I got to number one, but if I was going to sustain my level of performance and if I was going to continue to deliver day in, day out, my current approach was not going to be the way that it was going to work. So after that, you know, quarantine, uh, I ended up going on a little two week, three week trip with my dad, um, to Saudi Arabia. And then when I came back, I knew I had to, to make some changes. So I did. And this is some of what good things happened after that all right like you know uh bdr went really well i was able to win bdr of the year uh in sb i was able to hit my quota in the first uh, by the end of q2 and some really cool testimonials my favorite one like probably the favorite testimonial that i've ever gotten was from a customer there it's like the small one it says i'm a cheap cheap man i hate spending money i'll do anything to find a way to save a buck instead of my normal behaviors though i committed to a one hundred thousand dollar contract based on almost entirely on that second call with Andrew. Anyway, so this is like, this is what happened when I made those changes and it drastically changed my career. 
So now what that looks like is ultimately it landed me my goal, my personal goal of getting to Peak Performance Club and now being in a place where I just recently got engaged and I'm getting made, married later this year in August. So Congrats. Um, thank you. Now, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not showing this to you guys to boast. I'm showing this to you because the changes that I made is what allowed me to be in this position today. My career and performance at Salesforce have allowed me to do things such as paying off my parents' mortgage, funding my fiance's dream wedding, but more importantly, funding my dream honeymoon. So going to Greece uh, <laughs> to the wedding. And uh, you know, that's that's what I've been able to do. Does anyone here at all hate money? I'm just throwing that out. Does anyone hate money? Yeah, speak now because uh, yeah. <laughs> might not be in the right room. Exactly. So that's what I was gonna say. It's like if you're if you're in sales and money is most likely a big part of your motivation, it's not the biggest for me, but it it's not because it allows me to make it doesn't you know make me happy per se. And you know, side note, in SB, I you know, I had a really good year and I thought it was gonna feel some type of way and I thought I was gonna feel over the moon, but that was very short lived. So it definitely isn't money, but I'll talk about that later. Um but it's certainly a part of the formula. So now you're, you sort of heard my story and we'll jump into how I did it exactly. Does that sound good? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So step one is really starting with why, right? Um, there's a great book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. And I remember, and maybe you know some of you resonate with this as well, there was a time in, in BDR and even SBAE where I barely struggled to get, get out of bed. I'm not even joking. Like I could, I had to drag myself out and there were days where I was getting up at um, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., sometimes 11 a.m. and it was bad. Um, and each of those times when that started to happen, I had to reconnect with a new why so I could get up and do the work that needed to be done. And this why is different for everybody and it changes with the times. For example, um, last fiscal, my why was to honestly make money in order to fund my dream wedding. I don't know if any of you have been to like a Desi South Asian wedding before, but there's a lot of people there. It's gonna be about. I have about three events in, over the course of a week. What? Oh my god! Um, Fifty people, two hundred and fifty people, and three hundred people. So it, it gets wild. <laughs> it gets wild, and I needed to. You know, I was very motivated to be able to achieve those um, financial targets, uh, but also build a strong financial foundation for my my marriage. Um, it was also the fact that the previous year in SBA, you know, I'd hit. 415% uh, of quota, and I wanted to prove to my team in GRB that I wasn't just a one-hit wonder. So this is an exercise I highly recommend you all do. Um, like I said, for you, it could be something totally different, but something that I would do is ask yourself the why exercise. Like, why do you want to do this? What is your goal? Like, for example, hitting quota or whatever it may be. Maybe it's buying a home. Why is that your goal? And then ask yourself five more times that same question. So as an example, for me, I've always prided myself on, you know, wanting to be number one or wanting to be a top performer. So, you know, my first why is like, all right, well, why do you want to, uh, you know, fund your dream wedding? It's like, or why do you want to be the top performer on the team? It's like, okay, I want to be the best. All right, why do you want to be the best? Because I want to find out if I can be as good as I think I can be. Why do you want to do that? Well, because I don't want to feel like I wasted my potential. Why do I want to do that? Because I don't like having regrets. And why don't you like having regrets? Because regrets make me feel like I wasted my time. So that's like a, an example of, of the chain of thought here, but really having a why that you can stick to is gonna help with that, just getting out of the bed in the morning and showing up each and every day to work, all right? That's step, step number one. Step number two is identi identifying your mission, okay? 
this is the person that you want to embody, the type of person that you want to be. It's what you want written in your obituary. It's it's what you want to be said about you. And for me, you know, I want people to say that I showed up consistently, worked hard, played played hard, and challenged myself outside of my comfort zone. Um, this is a this is a contract I wrote up for myself in May, I think, of 2022. Um, I got actually got this idea from Kobe Bryant. I'm a huge uh, NBA fan, a huge Kobe Bryant fan. Rest in peace. And um, he talked about how one summer he just sort of made a contract with himself no negotiations. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to be. So I, I thought that was a really cool idea. And I made this contract and, um, you know, wrote it out. And again, it's, it follows that theme of why, where there's, there's a lot on this page that if you scroll, if I were to scroll down in the document document more, you'd see more, but it's basically about, you know, why do I want to change from what I'm doing today? What pain is it that my mission will help me address? Um, so now that this contract is signed, I have a mission to show up every single day. Now, obviously, it's very hard. No one's going to have a, a be able to show up every single day, 100% all the time. But in my opinion, winning in sales is a game of attrition. It's those people that can jump back on the horse as soon as they fall off that can perform the best um, in the long run. And I've used a, a version of this mission statement in all my Salesforce interviews, and it's really resonated with all the managers that I've presented it to. So. Um, you can keep this on your desk. You can keep this on your bathroom mirror. Even if you don't write it down, just like have this in your mind of like, this is who I want to be as a person. Um, does that make sense? I know I spoke a lot there. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Then it's time to figure out your vision. So this is precisely what you want to accomplish when you come when it comes to your actual number. This is when it gets really tactical. So um, in my head, it's always been a formula, right? I have my quota or I have my goal, my target goal. Then I need to figure out how much pipeline do I need to get to that goal? Um, how many meetings does it take to create that much pipeline? And how many activities does it take to reach that much amount of pipeline? It's a forward formula, but it does take some digging. So you want to look at, again, your quota, your pipeline, how many meetings it takes you to book that much pipeline, your activities, um, what your close ratio is, what your call to meeting ratio is, and your average deal size. Based on that number, you'll get a rough estimate of what your weekly activities need to be. Okay. Once you get that number and like, it won't be exact, it won't be perfect, but even if you get to something, that's what you should stick to. Like, okay, this is my weekly number. After that, your quota does not matter. And I'll speak to that later, but that is the only number that you need to care about. Now, when it comes to the actual execution of those activities, um, on the left side there, you'll find, this is sort of how I structured after Q2, um, how I was going to attack my, my territory because I was having a hard time. I'm going to talk about that on the next slide, but I need to figure out, okay, where can I focus the most of my time in order to make sure that um, I hit what I need to hit in order to, to feel like I did my best. Um, so breaking down my accounts uh, into 12 weeks. So it's called the 12 week year. This is a book that you guys can all check out, but 12 week year where each week I know what I'm executing on. And each day I can check off, all right, this is what I did and I got done my revenue generating activities. Um, there's a lot more context here. So if you have questions after this, feel free to message me. But does this give you a rough idea of how to execute sort of tactically on a daily and weekly basis or any more that you wanna expand on this? No, I think this is spot on, yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so this this is really how you raise your game, all right? It's the it's the foundation of 
okay, start with why, what's your mission, what's your vision, what exactly are you targeting? Next really comes how to play the game. So this is one of my favorite poems. Um, it's called The Man in the Arena, um, and I'll let you read it, but essentially he talks about what anyone else says doesn't matter. What you say, what you feel, and what you do is what matters the most. You're the man or the woman in the arena. All right, you're the one day in, day out who's sweating, who's grinding, who's picking up the phone, who's sending emails. And ultimately, you are accountable for how you feel. You don't want to get to the end of the day and feel like you could have done more. So, you know, for me, this was like an SV. I got stuck with a territory I wasn't happy with that didn't do really much, much in ACV the year before. And it was tough at the beginning. And uh, soon after, I sort of decided that, all right, like, sort of two decisions. I can either sulk about it or I could do something about it. And for me, I just wanted to be proud of what I delivered day in, day out, knowing that I gave it my all. And this even happened to me last year in GRB, you know, before the that that um, picture that you saw on the previous slide, I was three quarters through the year or two and a half quarters through the year. And I remember sitting down and being like, I don't see any pipeline or I don't see the opportunity to be able to hit my quota. So I called out my mentor and I was like, hey, like this is the situation. Um, at the time, obviously, sales, Salesforce, things were happening. Rumors were happening, and um, I was like, I was kind of thinking of of leaving at that at that time. And my mentor told me something that you know, previous manager also gave me the same advice, which is like, you never want to be running away from me from an opportunity. You want to be running towards opportunity. And sometimes, in order to do that, you just need to sort of sit through the pain have faith in your process, that daily number, that weekly number that I talked about earlier. And whatever happens after that happens, but at least you can end the day knowing that you gave it your best. It would have been easy to blame like my territory, my accounts, my prospects. You guys don't know how many times, and I'm sure you've had the situation too, where it's like, oh, that deal didn't work out because the prospect was like this, or you know, they, um, they weren't a good buyer, and I still do that from time to time. I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I'll, I'll, it's easy to to blame others and my prospects, but at the end of the day, end of the day, what's been most empowering for me is extreme accountability and taking ownership of what I have to deliver on day in day out to day in day out to hit my goal and um, ultimately leaving my ego at the door so that I can so that I can do that do that. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Um, next step is the the Pareto principle. So this is like, again, getting more tactical into how to play the game. Um, I'm sure you, some of you have heard of this where 80% of results come from 20% of your tasks or 80% of your ACV will come from 20% of your accounts. So make sure if you haven't already to spend the time tiering your accounts, like really going through your entire list um, and saying, all right, these are tier ones, these are tier twos, these are tier threes. And then after that, really, you should only be spending the bulk of your, spending 80% of your time with tier ones and maybe 20% of your time with tier twos. So spend time where energy is most well spent. In BDR for me, it was, you know, spending time with the AEs that worked with me the most. In, in you know, AE, it's been my tier one accounts. And in GRB, I took it up a level where it was being ruthless with time on my calendar and ensuring that 80% of my time was spent on revenue generating activity. So when you look at your calendar, you should be able to say that, okay, my uh, my time is 80% of the time being spent either booking meetings or like building pipeline or closing pipeline or like in the process of closing pipeline. So like basically prospecting and then working existing deals. That should be 80% of your time. 
And that's where you'll get the best results. If you just do this one thing, I promise it'll change um, like your year completely. So it doesn't mean that you only speak to tier one accounts. Maybe in a week you have two blitzes for your tier one accounts and another blitz for like a specific play that you're running or like a part off play or, um, you know, sales cloud, I don't know, maps play or whatever. Um, and really your quota is made up of two things, chess and checkers deals. So checkers deals are the small transactional ones that will get you to your number and chess deals are the ones that will allow you to blow your number out of the water. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And so this was what that looks like a little more broken down. So for me, I want to decrease the barriers to action for me as much as possible. Like put myself in position where I sort of have to do what I'm doing to. So one of the most game changing things that I did for my career was, as you can see on Monday, every morning from 8 to 10 a.m., um, I have a strategic block. That is where I prep, like do, do the research on the accounts that I'm reaching out to that week and, um, you know, have the contacts prepared so that when it comes to my prospecting on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, I already have the contacts built out and I just pull up the tabs and I call through them or I email through them, right? So um, creating that space in your calendar and then committing to it, like making sure that when you have that time allotted, you show up that day, you know what you're doing already. You don't have to, you don't have extra questions and you can just jump into the task without having to worry about like prep time or you know, uh, anything after the fact. So um, time sort of work fills the time allotted. So that's what I would do is just block off the time and then um, do your best to stick to it. Like I mentioned, sales is sort of like a game of attrition and um, this will allow you from falling off um, even more. Now that's how to raise your game, how to play your game. And finally we get to how to sustain your game. So uh, I don't know if I talked about this earlier, but Throughout my time at Salesforce, I've had like I've gone through, like I said, I went to the ER. Uh, I burnt out completely. Um, in in BDR, also something similar happened where, um, you know, getting to the end of the day, feeling like I was running marathons. Um, and in AE, I, in SBA, I also had a, a good level of anxiety at the beginning as well. But what helped me manage that the best is realizing that input is greater than output. We are taught or we're made to believe that our quota and our ACV is what matters the most above all else. I call, I hope this is okay, Alex, I call BS. In, <laughs> in my opinion, um, what more matters more is my input, my effort. Because if I show up and I don't put the effort in and I hit my number, I'll feel like I didn't do enough. And trust me when I say that, this has happened to me. The opposite is also true, where it's like, if I don't hit my number, um, but I know that I gave it my all, it's a lot more easier to consume and a lot more easier to stomach. This is a hard job. Sales is, is not easy. So when you show up, that weekly target that you have of activities that you need to do or outreaches that you need to do, as long as you can stick to that number or like hold yourself as, as accountable or as close to that number, you let the chips fall where they may. We cannot control what our prospects do like to the T, right? I can't hold their hands and get them to swipe their credit card or send a wire transfer or sign the DocuSign. But what I can do is put my best foot, foot forward and let the chips fall where they may. So once you change your mentality around um, achievement from, all right, I'd rather achieve on input than output, output just sort of has naturally happened as a result of me focusing on input. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. And then the last piece is wellness. 
like after the after that e trip to the ER visit, it woke me up, and um, I started meditating. I started you know going to the gym more. I started being more conscious about what I was putting in my body and how I was working my body, um, making sure I'm taking breaks throughout the day. So every day from 12 to one, that's blocked off. That's lunch. I usually I don't allow people to hijack that. Um, and then, you know, spreading my day by like putting walks in throughout the day, taking time away from the computer, the laptop to close and recharge. Um, that's how you empty your gas tank. If you're not taking time to recharge, it's, you're going to run on low, um, pretty soon. So for everyone, you know, they might have a different wellness practice that they, um, prefer, but I would say find one that you can use and stick to, um, because like I said, this job is not easy and you're going to need something like this if you're going to sustain your game throughout the rest of your of your sales career. So that's that's about it. Um, you you know, the the summary is find your why, identify your mission, clarify your vision, take extreme ownership over um, your business. Right. Uh, follow the Pareto principle, decrease your barriers to action. Input is more important than output and develop a wellness practice. Um, we'll jump into Q&A shortly, but I'm really, really honored to to be here and to um, be able to have this call with you guys because surprise, uh, today is actually my last day at Salesforce. Um, and this is my last call at Salesforce. So um, Congrats. thank you. I appreciate it. Um, a lot of what I what I said today, I wasn't able to do alone when I told you that I called a mentor. Um, this is who I called. Ian Koniak's been my sales and mindset coach for the past year and a half ish. Um, and he was a big part of me being able to, you know, transform my life and um, balance what I was doing at work. Um, and so I'm actually going to join him uh, to help him grow his business and help more AEs, you know, hit their targets and live a live a life of full potential. And, and um, I'm really excited about that. So if it does interest you, you know, add me at Ian um, after this call, and I'm more than happy to to help, whether it's coaching or just advice uh, at Salesforce, I'm always happy to give back to the Salesforce family. But um, thank you for having me, and we'll uh, open the floor to questions. Before you guys jump in, just quickly, I also just want to say too, like I, I just remember when I reached out to Tanvir, he was like, oh, "I have this news that I need to tell you that I'm actually leaving Salesforce," and I feel like, you know, in a lot of cases. You know, there are a lot of people that don't leave on like happy terms where you would not want that person to come in and talk to your team and get them really excited. But like when you guys hear Tanvir on his podcast and when you guys hear just like some of the things or read some of the things that he puts out on LinkedIn, like he's such a positive voice and like has just had so many things that he has taken extreme ownership of and have turned into really incredible outcomes. And so like, I think that like Tanvir, while well, we're hoping that we can still leverage you in some way in the future and that this is like a happy, sad day, right? Because I'm sure everyone's now so excited to like be in your Slack DMs and like ask you questions and how did you do it and all of that stuff. Like, you know, even though that you're leaving, like that really does feel like you're calling. Like when you listen to you on podcasts and like what you put out on LinkedIn. And so I, for one, am like super excited and super happy to watch you now, you know, go out and do other really, really great things out in the world. But like, just because, you know, this is his last day and he literally took this on his last day, his last call. And he was so excited to be in front of y'all just to like pass along all of this amazing knowledge that he has. 
Um, but like, you can still reach out to him and you can still have those conversations and you can still, you know, pick his brain about some of that stuff. But I think there's a lot of really good nuggets. Cause like a lot of things he shared, I know, like have been top of mind for a lot of us, like where we get to that point where we're having, you know, panic attacks because we're so stressed out or we don't want to actually come into work today because there's so much on our mind or we can't sleep or, you know, there's all this pressure. And so I think, you know, and just some of the things that he shared, how do we work with and through some of those things without losing who we are? I think that's something that's really, really important. So thank you. Tanvir for, you know, some people are like one foot in, one foot out on their last day. And he was like, I've got a deck, like I'm going to practice. I can't wait. I'm freaking pumped. Um, so thank you for making the time to be with us. So to that end, what kinds of questions do you guys have for him? Well, first, thank you. you bet. Thank you for having me. I've got a question. Yeah, that's okay. It's, uh, hey, Tanvir, it's McKellar speaking. Uh, one, loved your deck and also loved the little like screenshots you have of like the messages from probably your tougher sales <laughs> of like i'm a cheap cheap man and then you had convinced them in your second call can you give us a little bit more insight of what that first and second call like looked like like what was the scenario set the stage yeah the reason that deal closed was you know we got on a call we did the discovery that was like the first call right um, and then we had identified that there was a that there was a problem and there was a need for a solution. The second call was me picking up the phone and being like, um, you know, as you guys know, we're on a monthly quota, right? Like we have to hit our number on a monthly monthly quota. So I called them and I was like, hey, look, like um, it sounds like th there's like this problem here. It sounds like we we'd be a fit for this. Like our solution would be a fit for you. Does that sound accurate? And he's like, yeah, but like I'm just you know, I'm like. Um, working out like my finances and stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Listen, it would mean a lot to me if we could get something done this month. But if not, it's not a big deal. You know, I could just offer you like, again, Alex, I'm sorry if this is differing from anything that you would say. You, go, Tanvir, you just tell them. <laughs> I, I was like, look, I can give you a discount like this month to get to get this deal done this month. But you and I both know that I can give you that discount next month. So I'm asking as a personal favor, is this something that we can do now or is it better to wait till tomorrow? And he, that, at that point, he was like, just because of your honesty, I'm going to buy this like ASAP. We didn't do it that month, but he was like, he was happy about the fact that I was honest. And that's sort of how I approach all my deals is like the most important to me. And obviously the most important thing to Salesforce is trust. So when I'm calling and like I'm presenting a discount, it's like, don't be afraid to be like, it would be a personal favor or don't be afraid to be like, hey, we did all this work. These are all the things that I did for you. Would it be unreasonable for us to do it this week or this month? And if they say no, not a big deal. Like you can do it next month, but at least you made the ask and you asked for the sale, which for me has gotten a lot of deals closed, frankly. Thank you for sharing that. That's something like, I know like me personally, I'm trying to work on is like leveraging like, what we have as AEs to use. So like hearing that you leverage like our number one value of trust is like super valuable moving forward, especially in Q1. So thank you so much for sharing that. No problem. I just, just I, I'm interested in tapping into that podcast. Uh, and I was trying to see, is it on iTunes and Apple Pod? It is, yeah, it's called Winning Streaks. Um, should be able to find it on Apple Podcasts. If you don't, yeah. let me know because that would be a problem. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's called Winnie Streaks. Uh, you'll be able to find it on my LinkedIn profile. Awesome. Thank you. I'll give it a listen. 
No problem. Hey, Tammy, a quick question. Uh, this is Cameron speaking. First off, congratulations on an absolutely incredible Salesforce career. I mean, it's it's what is up. It's unbelievable, and uh, it's it's amazing to see what you what you've achieved. Um, I was one of the people like been over here, stars in SDR, went through BDR, so a lot of parallels that I see, which is awesome. Um, and I'm also someone setting my sights on GRB as well. Um, so this was had a quick question around that. Any like guidance, advice, anything like whether you're transitioning from uh, small business to growth business, um, what you took with you, like what the differences are, maybe just speak on that transition overall, it'd be nice. Yeah, it's definitely those chess and checkers deals, right? As you're moving into GRB, like you wanna be able to look back and say that you had some chess deals in SB, where uh, it's those tier one accounts, you're multi-threading, you have multiple stakeholders that you've um, identified and that you're working with, you're building a strong business case, like a business value case. So maybe you're getting the business value team involved in that deal. Um, but really like the difference is transactional versus strategic is kind of what you're looking at. A lot of deals in SB, you can work with one champion and get it closed. What you want to do is you want to break into those tier one accounts that have, let's say funding or growth or whatever it may be, and be able to pull up comps and say, Hey, here's a customer who has done something at like, very similar company these are the results that they've gotten with salesforce would you be interested in in learning more and then developing that conversation to make it you know not just a sales cloud deal but a sales cloud marketing cloud service cloud deal and you do that by involving stakeholders getting more gritty in your discovery to say all right um you know how does how like these these sounds like you're doing a pretty good job of converting the leads that come through the door where are those leads coming from how can we get you more of those i.e. marketing. So I'm sure coming from SDR, you know some of those questions that can open up the cloud a little bit more. But I'm not going to lie, like SDR helped me in AE more than BDR did. Um, BDR helped in a lot of ways, but um, BDR helped because of the prospecting muscle, right? The outbound prospecting. SDR helped when it came to actually doing discovery. So I'd lean on some of that. Love it. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. No problem. else? Questions? Tanvir, this is a personal question. It's McKellar again, but um, so where's the wedding going to be? Uh, wedding's in Scarborough. Um, yeah, my fiance's from Scarborough. I'm actually from Ottawa. I'm in Ottawa right now. I'm with my family just because I took the new job. I'm spending some time being with them and just like hanging out, you know, and taking some time off. Um, and uh, yeah, wedding's in Scarborough. We've got, like I said, so it's three events. Like a South Asian wedding is pretty oh. intense. Um, and it's basically like the first one is sort of like the official wedding, let's call it, where like we bring in any mom. So like our version of a priest and like we do the, the ceremony, that's like 50 people. And then we have like something called a halud where it's like more celebratory, like dancing and singing and stuff like that. And then finally, like the, your, your wedding reception, which is going to be a lot of people. So it's leaving a dent in my wallet. <laughs> um, and uh, but, you know, I'm thankful. It's going to be worth it. Yeah, yes, you're gonna yeah, have such a fun week. Yeah, I keep telling myself this is the only time I'm gonna marry. So, yes. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> worth the one-time cost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, good for you too for taking some some self-care, some time for yourself. Hey, it's the most important thing, guys. Like, uh, if there's one one piece of advice or like one thing I take away is like, I'll keep saying it and I'll sing it till the, the cows come home. But like, sales is hard. So if you're not doing some self-care and you're not putting yourself in you know, the position daily to be able to just like recharge your battery, it gets really, really tough. Um, so you have, you've got a self-care routine going and 
you can show up to work the next day uh, at your best self. Tanvir, thank you so much for the time. Hopefully this is like a nice little send off to yeah. the last day, but we appreciate you making the time and paying it forward. I think there's so much like great things that you shared. Obviously, I'm going to probably ping you right after this for the deck if you're open to sharing um, and just any other resources. But team, I highly encourage like reach out. Definitely, you know, have your own mentors. Find those people that you can learn from both inside of Salesforce, but also outside of Salesforce. I think that that's something that's so important. Um, and just do those little things that really like fill your cup up. So that way, to Tanvir's point, you can bring your best self to work and you feel really good about what you're doing. There's going to be hard days. There's going to be challenge, right? It's not to say that's not going to exist. It 100% is. Um, but just making it easier on yourself to to get through those days and look forward. So thank you, Tanvir, so much. No problem. I'm, I'm really grateful that this is my last call at, at Salesforce. And um, I really appreciate you all having me. And um, yes, please feel free to connect and, and reach out to me afterwards. I'm more than happy to, to help however I can. So thank you all.